we are supposed to be getting ready and getting prepared. And that takes me right straight to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Because he said, this is what you need to be doing. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. He's saying, you need to get your head on straight. Bride, get your head on straight. Church, get your head on straight. Be sober. Don't be intoxicated by the world or the things of the world. Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. And I love this next part right here. And rest your hope fully upon the grace of that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You don't hear about the word rest a lot. He says, and you do this as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written be holy for I am holy in verse 17 he goes on to instruct us that if you call on the father who without partiality judges according to each one's work conduct yourselves therefore conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in Fear. Now, we know that word fear, we've seen it for a good year now. We know what fear looks like. And fear does manifest itself. It really does. But what he was saying when he used the word fear here, there's another part of a definition of, of, of this word uh, fear that means like reverence to a husband. That kind of fear. And he said, that the way I need to conduct myself throughout the remainder of my time is that I, like I'm reverencing the husband of my soul, Jesus Christ. So I want to live in a way of reverence. Not fear, oh, I'm scared he's going to throw me into hell. Not that. There's no condemnation. No condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. He says, but you want to live, though, because there is no condemnation. I ought not have to tell you, but you need to conduct yourselves in a holy reverence towards the husband of your soul, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said it. He said this, too. He says, you do this knowing, verse 18, that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by traditions from your fathers. And what he was saying, he said, you're not doing this stuff that your daddies and your granddaddies and religious people do. They just talk a good talk, but they do not back it up with one day of righteous living. They don't do it that way. He says, don't be like them. Don't go through the motions and your heart is far away from God. Don't do it that way. He says, this is the way you do it. With the precious blood, you were bought and redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And that's what I want to tell you about for just a moment. But I want you to look 
at the definition of the word redeemed, if you would. This word redeemed is just like saying you were in a hostage situation and there was no way that you could get out of the hostage situation unless somebody paid $1 billion to get you back from these people that didn't like you or didn't care about you enough that they would kill you if the funds were not provided. He said, you were in a hostage situation with the sin of this life and the sin of being born into this world. He said, you were captured, you were held hostage, you were in bondage. That's why you do what it tells you to do. You did what it told you to do when you were an unbeliever. He said, you were in a hostage situation. But praise be to God that God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, and you've heard about this when we've talked about the way of the Master in years past, that the Lord come, He sent Jesus to come, rather, to pay your fine. You had a bad speeding ticket called sin, and He paid your fine so you wouldn't have to suffer for it because, see, you can't pay your way out of a hostage situation. You can't really pay your fine. There's only one way of paying for it and it was through what Jesus did the pain and agony and the blood he shed that's the only way your hostage situation can be satisfied paid in full is through Jesus Christ other than that you can never be redeemed from sin church you can't be redeemed you think of redeemed you have a coupon or you got a gift card and you know you can carry it around your whole life but you will not benefit from it if you don't go and redeem that. And that's what Jesus did for you. Jesus knew that you needed to be redeemed because you were made in the image of Almighty God. You were wonderfully and you were fearfully made. God called you, hallelujah, precious and beautiful. And he said, wait a minute, devil. I know you did that in the garden, but I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to send my son and I'm going to redeem what's mine. I'm going to cash this in. And he did that through the shed blood of Jesus on a cruel cross. You've been redeemed. You've been redeemed. And so since you've been redeemed, the Lord wants you to understand what the apostle Paul said in the fifth chapter of Ephesians when he said, hey, that well, he didn't really say, hey, I just kind of threw that in there, okay? But that he might present her, talking about you, the bride of Christ, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot, wrinkle, or any such thing, but that she, talking about the church, should be holy, and without blemish. You see, folks, the Lord is coming back for a bride that he thought enough of to redeem you. And because he redeemed you and the same resurrection power is living in you, he knows that according to 
uh, Philippians 4.13, you can do all things through Christ, which means you can live at a level that says in the eyes of God now, not in the eyes of the world, that you are walking in a way that you are without spot or blemish or wrinkle. In fact, you are holy in the eyes of God. You may not be that way uh, in, in the eyes of church people, your family, people that know you, people that grew up with you or used to run with you, but you can live at a level where you are holy and pure and you've made yourself available only to God. You can do that through the power of Jesus Christ because after all, that same resurrection power is living inside of us, we said last week. You see, 2 Peter, now, I'm, I'm going to ask you to do something. And this is hard. I'm going to ask you to sit there and listen. We are in church, amen? Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ. After all, I have one job to do today. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's called be obedient. And I want the church to be without spot, wrinkle, blemish. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have obtained like like, like, precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace, see, the Lord never comes at you at a way that doesn't say love. People give God such a bad rap, preachers do. But grace and peace be multiplied to you. I love multiplication. It's a whole lot quicker to get to a bigger number than adding. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and our Lord, Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence. Now that's something you have to do. Add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness kindness and to brotherly kindness love for if these things are yours and abound you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ so the Lord's trying to load us down grace and peace be multiplied to you but God also wants us to excel in other areas of our life. That's something you have to do. You can't sit around in this world and wait and wait and wait. If I go over to chapter 2, he continues to say, but there were also false prophets among the people, and this is the day we're living in, 
Even as there will also be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies and even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many, can you say many with me? That's a lot. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. They're going to lie to you, just, just maneuver you, treat you any old kind of way. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who are afterward uh, would live uh, ungodly and delivered righteous Lot who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked for that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. He was caught in the middle of a bunch of trashy people, a trashy community, a trashy way of thinking, and he was really a miserable man. That's why you have to come out from among them. I'll talk about that in a second. And verse 9 says, Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment, especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of the uncleanness and despite authority. I've got to stop and say, because I know you just kind of listen to me read right now. But we're, we're preparing, folks. We're getting ready to go home, okay? Your week shouldn't look the same. Your life, when you understand, oh, I'm getting married soon, y'all. Oh, I know I did that last year. I can't do that. It's coming up. Can't be playing all kind of games. You can't run all over the world when your wedding's just a few days away. So we're preparing. We're getting ready to go home, you know, I love reading the Bible, especially when I know it's going to help me in getting through with my course down here. Okay, these people are presumptuous, self-willed. They're not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, wherein angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord, but like, but these like natural brute beasts made to be called and destroyed, speak evil of things they do not understand, and will utterly perish in their own corruption. Now, if you go down uh, to verse 13, I'm going to stop after I read verse 13 and 14. and said, they will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. That's why you can't play right now with with just being kind of casual and nonchalant about your walk with the Lord, about how you think about the Lord every day, how you feel about church, how you feel about fasting, how you feel about praying, how you feel about witnessing, how you feel about spot, wrinkle, blemish. You can't play around with it. 
as those who count pleasure to carouse in the daytime, these are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. You know what? 15. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray following the ways of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuked. So, here we go. I want you to understand something. The Bible says that the Lord is looking for a bride who is without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And you can do that. I can do that. That's the church. I think the Lord deserves a bride after the way he was treated and the way he was brutally beaten and crucified. He deserves me to give him my best amen. Not with my mind or with this God-forsaken mouth at times. We need to quit our talking and we need to show out for God every day we are breathing on this planet called earth and you know what here's the thing folks i was in a virtually in a prayer service about a month ago uh online and i heard this lady uh i heard this lady in a prayer when i was uh, uh wednesday night uh, uh monday night i heard her praying about this and it got my attention she said something because she was praying about this very scripture about a church about a people about presenting myself and trying to live in a way that's without spot wrinkle or blemish and you know I, I think I thought about something she said because see when 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 you have a when, when you're just a Christian you see and you're not working and you don't really care about the way things are, you say, well, it's all good. It all looks real good right here. But the thing about it, I can hold this white church. I can be a Christian all day long. A to the man. I can be a Christian. I can. I can. But everybody in here, no bigger than that spot is, everybody in this church probably can see that spot. And you know the thing about it, that spot's on that that shirt and there's also like a like a blemish right there now you know you you, you can kind of wash this thing one time and get a blemish out a, a blemish out it's kind of just sold and stained you can do that but a spot you got to work on that you got to get there if one chemical won't work you got to get another chemical and you got to get brush after brush after brush after brush because it's a spot amen it's a spot and it's hard to get out it's really hard to get out and if you want to get that out of your clothes and what you are wearing you've got to work on that because you don't want to walk around and people see the flaw in your clothing you I don't care well you do care because if you're going to get a family picture made you don't want to spend a hundred dollars on $300 on picture and it doesn't matter what everybody looks like everybody says you see that spot on his shirt that's what this looks like when you don't address this and that's the way it is with our soul you, and, and that's the way it is without 
having spot, wrinkle, or blemish, you see, because it takes a lot of work. You got to realize, well, that's in there. I've been ignoring it because I'm just happy with being a Christian. After all, I'm going to get to go to heaven. But you got to realize what God wants. You got to realize the kind of bride that God is looking for, the kind of bride that He's just anxious to be married to and to have His hands on you one day and you have your hands on Him one day. He wants one that took enough time to watch after the way they walk, the way they live, the, where they put their affections, the, how, the way they carried themselves. And it takes work. You've got to do a lot of scrubbing. You've got to do a lot of self-inventory. You've got to evaluate where you are every day and you can't crutch on the fact you're a Christian. You got to say, wait a minute, that's not Jesus. That's not what he's coming back for and I can do better than this. If you're going to get it out. It takes a lot. It takes a lot. And see, what happens here is, is when, you, when you realize, well, I, I've got a shirt right here, but, but see, the problem is this shirt, I, I don't care. It's protected. I'm protected. You know, I'm walking around in that new grace everybody talks about where anything goes and I can do anything. And, and you see, I got it on. I, I got my grace cover on, and I'm cool with that. I'm good with that. But the problem is I don't care if I spend $1,000 having this shirt dry clean so there wouldn't be no wrinkles in it. You, you know what happens to me personally a lot of times? Because I, I, I think that I could just pay money and it's a quick fix to not having to iron. The problem with that is, is that I get in a hurry. And when I get a couple of shirts back from the dry cleaner, you know, I just go up in there and I put it in there. And this is the way my closet looks like that. And then when I go pull it out on a Sunday morning, I can't figure out, well, wait a minute. I paid money to have that thing dry clean. Why does it look like that? It's because I didn't take the time and I didn't pay attention. And if I want that shirt to stay crisp, if I want that shirt to stay wrinkle free, I've got to get it away from everything else that might harm it and crunch it and wrinkle it and make it look jacked up. And i got to come out from among all these other clothes and I've got to make time. I've got to understand it takes work. If I want the shirt to be wrinkle free, I've got to take the time I need and can't just throw stuff in there because i got to get somewhere. i got to do something. I've got to make sure that I do what I need to do to keep this life spot free, wrinkle free all the time. Or I don't care if I'm a preacher I'm still gonna walk around with jacked up wrinkles on me because I don't take time to do the daily walking talking with Jesus Christ that I need to do I don't do it and so here's what happens see we'll pray we'll come we'll serve we'll give we'll do things but see we, we when we find out that that we got a shirt and even though we did all that, but it's not right. It's just not right. And, and we get it, and we, and we begin to realize, well, there are some areas I can do better, Opie. And, and I'm telling you right now, I'm under so much conviction, it ain't funny, y'all. So here, God help me to finish because I'm under conviction. There's some things i got to work on. And, and, and we like praying. We, like, uh, we, we don't even mind repenting sometimes. But you know what? When we get wrinkles, there ain't but one thing that... that 
that does it. That's steam. You got, you got to have steam that comes out. And there's no steam coming out of this iron, but this is a steam iron. And we don't, we don't like that. We don't like an iron that puts out steam. We don't like the steam. We don't like the heat that the Lord puts on us sometimes. The heat through His Word, or He convicts us when we're in prayer, or He uses a song, or some other mechanism, or He shows us something. He lets us see something in somebody else's life. We don't like the steam we don't like the heat because it's, it's inconvenient and, it, and it, sometimes it just breaks me down and gets me to a place where I understand that's what God had to do to open my eyes and get me crispy, wrinkle-free again. It took a little bit of steam and I don't like the heat, but thank God for the heat of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God because after all, I'm working to be married to the Son of God one day. So, and this is what we do. We, we'll run away. We run away sometimes. We run away from, from the heat. We ignore the heat. And then, then we just go up. See, the world... I don't know if you've noticed, but, but the world never sets the bar high at all. Anybody can get to the world's bar. Anybody. I, I mean, they don't, they never, the world never sets the bar high. And, and they'll tell, I mean, if you look in here, I don't even know if y'all are there, but they still look cross, a couple little fish symbols. Oh, it's all still good, yeah. Oh, church, Christian, all that. It's still in the background world, and the world says, oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. It's, it's all good. Because the world sets the bar so low. The world's all about getting you to sin, to be a part of it. That's what the world does. The world tells you, oh, it's all right. You can do anything you want to. You can live any old kind of way. Just come on. It's okay. Everybody's doing it. There's nothing wrong with this. They'll say, hey, uh, it's all about money. And it ain't just any money. It's big money. It's all about money. That's where it is. That's what they tell you. You know, we just got to live the glamour life. Some of you ladies need to go back and get your glamour shots out. Then you'll get under conviction quick. And that's what we need to do. Hey, we need to realize that the bar that the world has set is not really high at all. That's why sin is pleasurable for a season. My goodness, look at where the bar is. And the Lord knows that. That's why he says, listen, spot-free, wrinkle-free, blemish-free. See, the world will tell you that that's okay. It's all right. Spot, isn't it? What's a few spots? I mean, you're, you're good. You do all this other stuff. Why do you need to pay attention to that? Why, why do you need to reprioritize that? What, what, hey, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. But see, what the world doesn't understand, and a lot of believers don't understand, is that, hey, we need to cut that middle light on. I forgot all about that. And so the world... Hey, some people here today, praise God. What the world needs to understand and the church needs to understand is that the world's bar is not God's bar. See, God has a standard of holiness, be holy. So God sets the bar, not down here. Oh, anybody can come and taste. Anybody can have the door uh, open, he just said, I stand at the door now. But God takes the bar 
And he knows that his bride can do better than the world. So God says, I'm putting the bar up here. I'm going to put the bar up here because I'm not going to have the same quality as the... Aren't you glad that God don't have the same quality the world has? Aren't you glad that the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the lover of your soul, hey, his ways are so much higher than the ways of the world. You thought he was going to work that last thing out this way? Oh, no. Uh-uh. He went so much farther than that, and he went way, way beyond your expectation and met that need anyway. Amen. You know why he does that, don't you? He does that because the bar is so high. Notice, God sets the bar high. He sets the bar high. Thank you, God, 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 God. And a lot of people say, well, I can't get to God. We're not talking about salvation here, folks. We're not talking about salvation. In fact, see, that's where the world's borrowed. But this is what salvation looks like right here. Forgive me, God. That's salvation. We're not talking about that. We're talking about living a separated life where there's no, there's no chance of me getting a wrinkle because I pay attention every day. I don't underestimate anything. So God says, yeah. Well, Obi, how does people how does people do that? How do they live? How do they have wrinkle-free, spot-free, blemish-free? Well, you know, a lot of people talk about going deeper in the Lord, and I and I like to go deeper in the Lord. But I think sometimes God wants us to rethink that, because after all, what did what did Moses do when he talked with God and he spent some time with God? God took him up to a mountain. Amen. He had he had to make a trip up. Not going deeper. He had to take a long hike up a mountain when Jesus was transfigured. And he took Peter, James, and John. They just didn't walk off to the corner of a room somewhere. They went high on a mountain. Amen. I think sometimes for us to get along with God and know the heart of God and get away from the influence of this world, we got to take us a climb. And I don't mean a Miley Cyrus climb. I mean we got to climb and want Jesus. And, and when you get here, well, how do you do that? How do you get up here? See, God's bar is a whole lot higher than the world's. Amen. Well, it's really, we, we can boil it down to a lot of things, but there's two things on God's bar. There's two things that will guarantee you a wrinkle-free, spot-free life every time. One of them is just some good old-fashioned knee pads. Why do you think the Lord told us to pray? without ceasing he wants you spot free wrinkle free I am to pray without ceasing I am to hide this book I could have got any Bible I wanted to to bring up here as a prop but I wanted to get that good old forsaken family Bible did you read between those lines it's not all right for your children to go to heaven and you to go to hell. Amen. Family Bible. Family Bible. And so see, this is where the people that walk a walk that God uses, that God knows that they, their life consists of Him every day. 
That's what they live for. It's in him, hallelujah, that I live and I move and I have my being. And that's the way I'm going to live every day of my life. I'm not going to live to the world's beat, to what the world says I got to do. The, when the world says I have to do it, I am here for God. Make no mistake. I want to hear him say, well done, so bad it's not even funny. So it takes some work. And sometimes it looks like it's a danger uh, to do it. Sometimes it looks like it's a risk. But that's all the devil's doing is more of this fear-mongering, trying to tell you, be saved, don't do... Listen, just don't, don't try to read too much. Don't try to go to church. Don't try to give. Don't try to, don't try to witness to people. No, don't try to be nice to somebody that just ripped you apart. See, he don't want that. He wants you just to stay down here. He don't want you to work on it. After all, Paul said you got to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And today, I want to be a person. I don't want to settle for this mess right here. Too many believers or people that call themselves believers have settled for that. See, I think when you are a real saved person, you know, I don't have a problem quoting there is therefore now no condemnation because I already quoted that. But I think a real saved person that was out in the ocean and the lifeguard called Jesus jumped out of a boat and swam 50 miles to rescue me and bring me back on his back. I don't think I can say, yeah, well, he helped me out a hard time. No, I think I'm indebted to that man the rest of my life and I want to love on him every day. If he says I don't like that, I want to get rid of that. If he says, Opie, you're flirting too much with all this mess and it might look okay because everybody's doing it, but man, you're going to do something in there that's not going to be that good for me. Would you stand with me? And all over the, uh, the building today, the Lord's getting me ready. I'm going to get ready. I want the church ready. I want my wife, my family. I want my fr friends. If I have friends, I want them ready. But I tell you what I'm not going to do. I've made my mind up. I am not going to just blend in and say, well, it's okay. This is better than nothing. I'm not doing that. And you've got to understand, we are on fast forward. Everything that's happening in our society and in our world is intentional. It's on a course that will not be stopped. You can say or argue or think all you want to think, but we are heading somewhere and the people of God are heading somewhere. So I think the real bride of Christ is being prepared right now and, and, and getting ready. And I think everybody else is just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen next. If I just describe you, you need to fall on your face at the old rugged cross. If you think I didn't describe you, you still need to get with me and let's fall on our face at the old rugged cross and say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Search me and show me. I don't care if the greatest camera lens in the world would never see that spot. If the all-seeing 
eye of God sees it, and it might just be a root of bitterness in my heart. If God knows it's there, it's a spot. I don't care if you would never pick up on that wrinkle in my life, and nobody knows about it because it's pretty much just in my mind. It's too late. God already knows the thought and intent of my whole being. He knows what's in my heart. And I, if, God, if God does not approve of it, I don't want it. And some of you may say, well, I, I, I just can't live that way, Opie. I can't live that way. I'm not that good. And you are exactly right. You are not that good. And I'm not that good. You can't do it on your own strength. That's why we have to have the King of Kings helping us. Anybody want to go to the cleaners today? Find your place. You got plenty of room to say, Lord... This is me, and this is where I am. God, I lay it before you. I, I want my whole attitude about forever to change right now. You, you said to look up, my redemption's drawing nigh, that we are praying, even so, come, Lord Jesus, come. Hey, that's a quick test. As people get at the altar or in the aisle, have you in the last week, and, and not just like a, in a slang way, have you said, Lord, I'm ready for you to come back. Please take your bride away. You know, when Pat, Pat was still with us, there was a song that we sang, Even so, come, Lord Jesus, come, take your bride away. Well, he's, he's home. If everyone will bow your head and close your eyes, if you're not a believer, Jesus wants to save you so bad, I don't even know how to tell you. I don't have those kinds of words. But I know this, you don't have to leave here in the eyes of God the way you came. See, we can't change people. We need to quit trying to convince people in this life and live for the one that changes our life. So don't worry if your friends think you're overzealous. If you want Jesus to save you, if you're at home, wherever, the only thing you have to do is, is understand that you need a Savior. And if you'll just ask the Lord Jesus to forgive you of your sins, say, Lord, that's me. I've been settling for the bar of this world. I've told myself I'm a good person and I don't hurt anybody. And after all, if he's a good God, he'll let me in heaven. And I know now, Lord, that's not what the cross is all about. Would you forgive me of my sins? I repent, God. I need a Savior right now. I need a Savior to save me. I am on my way to hell if you don't rescue me, Lord. I repent. I turn away. 
I'm like that garment on that clothes rack. I'm getting away from things that are messing me up. I walk away from it. Father God, I know that you are faithful to your word. We've read about your promises. And I know you'll save to the uttermost. I pray God for every person that's prayed, every person that's talked to you, every person that's doing what we used to call some soul searching, Lord. been faithful to you he deserves a spotless bride with every breath while we worship at the altar if you if you can sing this prayer this course all my life. one more time before we do that bridge. All my life, all my life. Think about what he's done for you. All my life you have Oh, let him hear you. Bride of Christ, let him hear you this morning. Jude. All my life. 
there is scriptures that I want you to I want you to take home with you tells this one chapter Judah bond servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James to those who are called sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ mercy peace and love be multiplied to you and he goes on to say, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. And he tells the reason in verse 4, For certain men have crept in, unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ and he says but I want to remind you and this is what I'm leaving you with today I want to remind you though you once knew this that the Lord having saved the people out of the land of Egypt he's done this over and over again and afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And then he talks about how even with Sodom and Gomorrah. And then he goes to verse 12, and you can read it in its entirety when you get home. He says, these are spots in your love feast. It means there's a flaw there. There's a flaw. You, you can't do that, settle for that, and not have a... Uh, a flaw, a spot in your love feast, your relationship or the lack of your relationship. These are spots in your love feast while they feast with you without fear serving only themselves they are clouds without water carried about by the winds late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead twice dead pulled up by the roots folks when we leave this church here in just a minute I want every person to know this Jesus could come back and call his bride before we get in the car and crank it up that's why we don't need to go through motions we need to quit that we need to cut that out hey at this point in life I'd, either buy, I'd be all in, and you're going to think, well, Opie, I wouldn't say that. No, because God doesn't do, he don't do the lukewarm thing. We all clear on that. And a lot of people's going to disagree with this. But I'm telling you, the way, way the Lord's word is sharp, it's a comforting thing, and the Lord wants you so bad. But if I wasn't going to go all in, I, 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 just, I just live like there's no truth at all. I mean, I, did, I, I just live, I'm telling you now, I'd be hardcore. Or I'd just say, well, because the spots, the wrinkle, the blemish, the lukewarm, that's not what the Lord desires. 
That's, that's, that's not, if he was okay with that, we could have just moved that on down several rungs. Amen? So if you gave your heart to the Lord today, you can text the word saved. You can go to it online. And we want to help you out. And I want to remind all of you, again, we are online only Wednesday night. No in-person yet. But we are having an in-person gathering in the morning at 8 a.m. 